Welcome to Motivation. A show for females that need more awesomeness and want more happiness in this world. Motivation, inspiration, tips, good stories, laughter and balance. My awesome co-super women in this swirling sisterhood of power. Let's fire up that motivation and let's dive in. With, of course, your happy host, me, Monica. Hey everyone and welcome to this Motivational Monday again. This is episode 6 of season 2 of Motivation. And all ladies, today we are going to have an amazing one, a good one once again. And in this show, we will actually go on location to Queensland, Queensland, Australia, because in this show, I will be talking about transformation with the woman that knows so much about this and who even wrote a book about this and her personal story with that and that recently also came out. Claire Ulick. But let me start this show first as always. Welcome my dear listeners and motivators. If you still have no idea who I am, well I am your host Monica Alving, a speaker and coach for women in life, health and business as everything is connected and my goal is to get all the aspects of life in balance. Now if you want to work with me, need my help with achieving your goals, a cheerleader or you just want to have a chat or connect then as always get your phone, head down to my Instagram at Monica underscore coach for women or of course my website and we can talk more there. But for now, let's dive into this show and let's transform our lives while we are at it. (laughs) As I said, the chosen subject of today is transformation. And in Claire, her own words, she says, many of us have been hurt, hurt others and done wrong things in life. Instead of understanding why we make mistakes, we build a wall of shame around the mistakes and conceal them. This creates a fragmentation to occur and we manufacture lives to prevent people from knowing the truth about our light and our dark. And this prevents us from living a true and beautiful, authentic life. Claire is a mother of beauties. Seven years old is Mali. An 11-year-old sits in She is the wife of Reese Ulluk and they have been together for 16 years. Now they just moved to Queensland. She's also a model, qualified yoga teacher, a therapist and counselling others through emotions, self-development and of course, transformational coaching. I am super excited for this show but before we dive in, want to remind you again that I just had a different setup so the sound is not as amazing as it normally is but that's okay because Claire will put it all in balance because she's in Queensland and you will hear 
some beautiful sounds of nature and birds all around her in her background. I can't wait. So let's start this. Claire, Claire, beautiful woman, thank you so much to be on today's show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, Claire, to always start this show, I always have two introduction questions for my guest. And the first one I want to hit you with is, what is something that motivates you and always will? I think the the one thing that will motivate that motivates me and always will is healthy emotional processing. So if you'd like, I can expand on that topic. Hey, go. <laughs> so my my biggest issue in life is the way that we uh, perceive or process emotions. And it's clear to say that you know, so many of us are taught to suppress what we need to be expressing. And we have made um, a very dark stigma around processing emotions. So crying, being angry, all those sorts of things, shame. And there are just, there's just too many reasons to stuff all those feelings down in the life that we live. Um, image is, is very, is still very pedestaled and that kind of thing. So I think when you feel big emotions um the only tool a lot of us have been taught is to stuff it down so my passion in life is to learn how to process emotions in a healthy way um and yeah and that's what motivates me because I think we we create humans that way that are wholehearted beings and that can approach uh conflict and different situations in a in a com with composure rather than um, exploding at people and mm. creating vision and all that sort of stuff. So very good. What, mm. Yeah, because this is something we all have emotions, and most of us don't know and never got taught how to deal with that. So I love it, and I love that we're diving into this a little bit more too. Now, for the last one, if you could change something in the world, what would you change? Um. Uh, yeah, I think the the stigma around. Mm. Um, this the darker parts of ourselves mm. so our shadow side I would I would change that um yeah. I would change that to mean power and strength rather than weakness and fear mm. yeah yeah that would be beautiful yeah. that will be much of a change if, that, if that's something that you put into the world and the world will definitely <laughs> change that so I love that so now we're going to dive into the biggest subject of today and that's transformations tell us tell us tell us something about this and where you feel this is coming from transformation is inevitable it's going to happen uh, at some in some way or another I think for me I saw transformation in the same category as change and as it is, but I feared change. So I feared transforming. And when I say transforming, another word I could use would be like evolving, expanding, um, making more space for bigger, better things in your life. But comfort zone uh, space was safe for me. Uh, I had a lot of trauma and I felt like sitting in that space of comfort zone kept me safe and kept life predictable. So I was, you know, I was comfortable there. Hence <laughs> the name comfort mm. zone. There was something inside of me, like this really deep 
yearning for something more. And I remember having that since I was a really, really small child. I remember being about nine and I thought to myself, there must be more to life. Mm. (laughs) I remember thinking that. And it was because there was a calling and it hadn't been identified yet. Um, And it was asking me to really start to grow and and I, the problem for me was that I was in a life where it was very mainstream, a uh, common life. Like my father worked nine to five and then some. I went to a school five days a week, a Catholic school. Everything was so robotic and I just felt like the magic was missing in my life. Like I, I, even then I just remember going, oh, cause I just, yeah, something's missing. And um, now I know as an adult it was the magic. It was, yeah. it was the magic in life. And, yeah, so I started getting these what I call transformation invitations and I started getting that invitation dropping in from maybe 11 or 12 when I started to learn about myself through identity, who I was, and I just I couldn't seem to stick to any type of identity um, like my friends, some of my friends were dancers and some were, yeah. um, you know, gymnasts and some were this and some were that and some were singers. And I, I was like, oh, what am I? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not any of that. And I felt like because my path was not too attached to identity, that's why God or the universe never gave me an identity. Um, and I was travelling through life with a very, um, with a really big masculine wound. Um, I didn't connect well with my father. Um, I was, I was, it was safe to say I was fairly rejected by him in a loving way. He was emotionally unavailable and couldn't be there for me. So, as I travelled through life trying to find or stay aligned with that feeling that was calling me into magic, I was also travelling in life with trauma and. What I didn't know was that I needed to transform the trauma to get to the magic. But what I did was I chose to numb the trauma and still chase the magic. And that's where I went wrong. <laughs> yep. As as many of us do, as many of us do. Yeah. Yeah. So and then the transformation stuff. By the way, I'm just gonna because I think what you you said a couple of things that I just love and I think a lot of people recognize themselves in this actually by the way you were very young to realize that there's something else calling you also again I I do feel that a lot of teenage girls or um, boys have that but it's again the life that you're in that you almost feel that somebody else is going to stop you because they just want to protect you like that's when yeah. you're not a good path or, you know, and then you have your girlfriends and your friends around you that you want to identify yourself with somebody. You think, where am I fitting in? Because that's what a normal human thing is to do. You want to fit in to something. So you know that you can go on that path or go in that path. And then throughout the self-development of yourself, you come to the conclusion that, life can be whatever you want to be and I want to just say this to the listeners too but maybe if you know Claire or if you follow her on Instagram then please do she has so much knowledge to put out into this world but she now lives and maybe already for a long time lives a life that many of us maybe dream of or now being on a location that you just moved but the thing is 
you can, everybody can do this. Like it is, and, and I love that you said that's where the magic is. It's not the magic that you do make this choice, but it's the magic of life that yeah. it just yeah. gives you everything and opening up your brain that everybody can live this life, but a life that you dream of. Yeah, in- that you admire. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So before we go into your your transformation state, I'm going to quote you. You said, okay. my passion is transformation. I am driven to normalize healthy emotional processing, and that's what you just said before too, finding acceptance for uncomfortable feelings. My passion is also inquiring women to embrace themselves as a whole woman, not just the past they think are appropriate to display in life. By the way, awesome. I hope to help women take all the broken parts of themselves and place them back together in what ultimately transform into a masterpiece of a human. I don't know if that came out of your book, but this is like, that's like (laughs) so beautiful written. I'm like, because you wrote a book about this and wrote a book about your story and your transformation. So how did you get so passionate about this topic? Well, it's interesting because my husband and I talk about this all the time and we both believe that your pain is your purpose. Mm. And uh, my pain was the deep rejection that I felt from my father. But also because I was such an emotive being as a child, I would feel things in such a big way. So um, I didn't just feel rejected a little bit. I felt it and I cried and I tantrumed and like everything was big for me. And it disgusted my father because he couldn't do that for himself. So with my dad, there's absolutely no hard feelings. I love him, but he obviously had a lot of pain in his life that made him shut down to love. and. All I wanted as a child was I just wanted love and unconditional love. And um, especially for a girl with her father, for me, that feels very, very, uh, it's such a potent relationship. It's a really important fundamental building block into your relationships as an adult woman with a man or a woman when you're older. Um, So going back to what you said, pain, you know, and what I said, the pain is your purpose that pain drove me into this, yeah, full lust for, you know, finding the reason behind why we shut down emotions. And yeah, that was my, that was a turning point. It's it's funny that you said that because it just reminds me about my own story and, you know, what you said. And I think it's also the generation that we, where we come from. The, our parents, our parents are so shut down. Uh, emotional like I still have my mom she I don't know you know I've seen her maybe cry three times in my life I think she is not even it's like coming that's exactly and it's so strong and she can't express herself and then I was this girl that wanted to express herself and wanted to cry if I wanted to cry and I wanted to do things if I want you know and and what you said (laughs) paying this purpose I'm now like yes everything that motivates me is because of the it's maybe hard to say but also the pain from others that they didn't do that so I was like I'm not gonna go into that I am gonna do this the different you know another way 
Mm. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you said that because I actually, not in a judgmental way, but like, as you said, as an observation, that generation is the self-expression repression generation. They have repressed everything. And uh, it's, I don't know, like I've just kind of done a little bit of digging into that that theory that in the 50s it was all about image and they were sort of coming off the back of the war. They were all in survival mode and to survive in society you had to build up your status quo again, like your, you know, your level of um, or your hierarchy in society and image was everything for survival. So I think, you know, it was like shut down your emotions, don't talk about things, don't look out of control look like you've got everything in control and just move forward and then you're strong and then we look good and then we look successful yeah. and yeah. that filtered down to us. And now we've kind of gone, nah, that is that is not yeah. working because you've got a beautiful little girl too yeah. who I'm sure has lots of emotions and, you know, we want to give them the freedom to express what they need to feel in this life um, so that they don't reject any part of themselves. No, and can you imagine even to, like, we are just a generation that's breaking that down now. Still, there will be many generations that go that way, follow that way of our parents, the safety, like, don't do anything crazy, work for a boss for 30 years, don't go yeah. traveling or don't go any, do anything different because then it's like you're sort of like a hippie that they know from the 70s and you don't want, you know? And it's all like this, you know, it's all like, oh, that's a bit crazy. I think my mom still doesn't believe that I've been working for myself for the last 12, 13 years and she still thinks it's safe to have a normal job. It's yeah. very funny and I think it will just imagine how all generations go from this and we teach, her, teach them how to live full and how to express and Oh my God, it's only going to continue. So it's going to be an yeah. amazing world, I think. It's, um, oh, yeah, the world changes yeah. are coming. They're our kids. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. So when you eventually transformed your own life, how did that look? Uh, messy. <laughs> <laughs> really, really messy. <laughs> because I think the level of resistance I had met the, the want to change um and it was like this whew. look I I, I still feel like a bit like in my book I've divulged a lot I know we're going into that topic later on um on another podcast but the book basically was a tell-all about my life and you know I did some pretty full-on things like you know um I worked in a nightclub as a stripper I did uh, art nude modeling for 20 something years but as dark and as hard as those things were to accept about myself I learned so much about my body about how we use our bodies in the world um, me as a female uh, being young and learning about sex on my own without being told about it from my parents I felt I really felt like uh, I I did all the learning on my own, and it was messy. It was yeah. really really messy, but I wouldn't take anything back, not no. one thing. No, and it's I think it's also as soon as you go through that messy stage until you mm -hmm. come to like ah oh, the easy waters. It's yeah. it's actually mind blowing constantly that you think, oh, I just learned this about myself. Oh, I just learned that about myself. And I actually thank you for also being honest about, you know, what you just shared. Cause I think again, there's a stigma and 
like I'm from the Netherlands, as many know, we are much freer in talking about sex, talking about yeah. or using using your body or whatever in what way. And I've been working in nightclubs. I've been working in hospitality for so long, bar life. I was a chick that was on the bar spraying everybody under, you know, water and stuff and, and drink and drinks and whatever, you know. And I had the best time of my life. I never felt weird or guilty or ashamed of my own body or anything and when I came here to Australia and even talking about that we're sitting naked in saunas which is very normal for us it's like I know you're like what what you can't even be topless on the beach because it's like whoa what's that like yeah all of these things and I think that's a culture thing that I think we we need to change that. We need to be normalizing our bodies in the way we are, but also expressing again, like with the expressing of our feelings, please do go and do some stripping, go and do some, you will also feel sexy with it. And sexy is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Jesus. Yeah, great way to put it. And it's so interesting you said that because I think that that's what I was looking for, some type of way to express myself sexually in a safe place. And it sounds so weird that that was a safe place, but it actually was for me. And the funny, if I could just add to what you said, because I found that really powerful. If it's it's almost like because our culture suppresses sexuality in such a huge degree, that it comes out dysfunctionally. So we're all trying to shove it down. We're trying to like pretend it doesn't exist, but it's all boiling up inside of us. And you know what I see a lot, and this is what I did write about a little bit in my book and what really is a close, um, it, it's very close to me, is when we do this as teenagers and we don't learn about sex properly, we then go to nightclubs, we get absolutely spastic drunk and we have one night stands that are meaningless just to kind of express ourselves sexually. And I, you know, I worked in nightclubs, I worked in strip clubs, I worked, you know, I was in nightclubs, I did, I had heaps of one night stands and I learned about sex that way. But it actually wasn't sex. It was probably just more like a way to kind of get like everything out that I'd suppressed. Yeah. And um, and it was dysfunctional. So had, like you said, we've been okay from a young age with going into saunas nude and you know, not, not, and desensitizing the naked body and desensitizing yeah. sex. Uh, yeah. These things wouldn't have happened, I don't think. No, and I think it's, it's funny what you said because it felt like we lived a bit the same life, but every time I had a one night stand or I did these things, I felt way more empowered. Every time I went behind the bar, it was like a mask went on and I felt so empowered I was like and I still miss that feeling that's why I still want to do nightclubs I would love to like we should start a nightclub I know (laughs) I would would do something like the Coyote Ugly thing I I love that yeah let's do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and and that's the thing too I felt when I chose to have a one night stand or I I felt like so empowered. I was like, oh my God, they, and then you feel way more sexier. And it's, I don't mm. think it's a bad thing. We need to talk about this. It's so good to feel yourself that you feel sexy because that is where power comes in. 
power comes when you feel sexy. You're like, yes, I've owned this. I've owned my body. I've been proud of my body. And then you can just express it. I, I felt always very powerful when I felt sexy. And I think a lot of people still, and they can recognize this in the in the way when you do, when you put on some makeup, you put on your beautiful dress, you feel good, you feel sexy. So you have more confidence and that's a good thing. It's so yeah. interesting talking to you from a cultural perspective. I love we're having this chat because... Mm. I don't know, like, I think for us um, in Australia, our culture, we, I felt like I was always sidestepping the label of slut. And I know that's a really strong word, but it's it's really, really over, overly used in our culture. And even in high school, like, oh my goodness, it was, it was how you brought other girls down. You called them that. So I think there's all these yucky energies tying us to these like labels. And so even if you wanted to express yourself sexually or find a safe space to do that, there was always a label that came with it. Yeah. And then I think about you and your culture and how everyone was just a bit more liberated in their own sexuality and their, so I think it comes down to conditioning really, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it is totally. And I think yeah. And I, you know, and Australia and a lot of countries still need to come very far with how men can do things and how women can do things. Yeah, we're so far behind. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I feel it, it just sickens me sometimes that I think that I hear like clients or women telling me things. I'm like, wow, that is <gasps> so old fashioned. Maybe, Maybe that's we need why to do. The lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to do a, a, an episode on this. But I think we can do many episodes, Claire. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We'll stick to the topic. Exactly. <laughs> that was fun, though. So, transforming your life again, that seems for many, it seems very challenging, hard, and very out of their comfort zone or at their reach. Why is it that so many people want or do need it, do you think? Because the process of evolution is inevitable mm. and there's only two choices that I see possible and obviously this is just my opinion, but we stay in the comfort zone and that voice is still there, like the inner guidance system is still there, willing you to change, willing you to evolve. But if you don't want to and you want to stay in that comfort zone, there's only one option and that's to numb. So numb with TV, numb with drugs, alcohol, eating you know, any type of addiction and depression, all that sort of stuff, which I think depression is a byproduct of suppressing that inner voice and, and yeah, getting, cause you know, I've struggled with depression when I was um, quite young. I was on really heavy medication for a long time. So, but that kills everything that just kills. It kills your feeling. It kills the voice. The voice disappears. It, it kills your intuition, your inner guidance system, your third eye. It kills it all. Um, and and for me, that's why, I don't know, I must have been in a space where I could actually channel something, but I was like, get off these drugs, get off the drugs. And, of course, they're so necessary for some people. So, obviously, you know, medicine's there for a reason. But for me, I needed to feel. And, yeah, so that that's that's what I sort of, I see, the two choices. So sit in the comfort zone and numb or be brave, really brave, 
and take take that invitation, like take the transformation invitation when it comes and breathe and go through it and process things that need to be processed and find a safe space, find some really good friends, um, grab yourself a journal, you know, your gym or whatever it is that you feel you need to do to get yourself feeling aligned and, um, yeah, and start to process whatever it is in your body that is stopping you from manifesting the dream of your life, the life of your dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you, uh, there's a lot of answers coming from this, from just your one answer. People that go through this and definitely when you said depression and they, depression is just not knocking on your door and here it is. It just, it takes a very long time for you actually in that state of depression because it's That's like, fair. It's exactly what you said. It's not expressing or not able to express your feelings or being in an environment that you don't understand that your that your soul doesn't understand. I think as soon as people are or if people now listening, please reach out to yeah friends or therapists or coaches or whatever if you do go through depression. But if you do think or even slightly think or feel that you are ready for a transformation or if you're ready for to do something about your life, then do it. Because mm-hmm. what Claire just said too, there will be answers coming to you. There will be signs that come to you that as soon as you start listening to your intuition and putting it out there, things will mm-hmm. come to you. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like the way I see transformation is our body is a container. And the more we clear out that container, the more we can feel the universal pull towards our destiny. And yeah, the the, the sooner we can sort of move towards that life. Mm. Oh, that's a okay. One. So that makes it very easy. See it as your body is a vehicle, a car you put in the right. And that's what you said, you know, you're life is a container and that containers a lot of times or mostly starting our 20s or our teens it's it's filled with a lot of stuff and a lot of negative stuff about ourselves throw out that throw out the negative people in your life sometimes that's what you need to do in environment and I can't stress about this and I talked about this a lot in other shows environment is everything it's Mm -hmm. and that's the environment even in your house is your house cluttered a lot is your house maybe not really French way or or yeah. is it whatever it is, your environment, friends, family, whatever you, noise you constantly hear, it's so super important. So reach out to Claire, reach out to me if you want to know more about this. Now, Claire, now, and I want to congratulate you officially, but you're officially an author of your own book. How cool. Yeah. Transformation is called. And for the listeners, we will, again, uh, we will dedicate a whole different podcast on this one. But can you tell us about how your life looked before you started this journey and some of the pain points you had that maybe listeners can maybe identify themselves with? So I guess with the pain points, it was, I felt very lost in life. I was always, there was always a constant push and pull between what I was told was right and what I felt was right. Uh, I was a very perceptive young child and I always felt people's emotions before I saw their face. Mm. So when I would come face to face with somebody, uh, whether it be a teacher, an aunt, an uncle, a family member, I would feel what they were carrying with them. 
And because of that generation, as we spoke about before, suppression was often favoured. When I would bring it up, it would be shut down and I would be looked at like a crazy little child or something, you know. And so I began to think I was crazy. So the more I tried to shove that down and live the way they wanted me to live, it just felt so inauthentic, but it felt normal and I was accepted. And my biggest thing in life is to be accepted and not rejected. So my my biggest fear is rejection. And as a consequence of that fear and not looking at it properly, I created an entire lifetime up until, you know, my early 30s where I was rejected, especially by men. So, Mm. yeah, that's a big one. And even Mm. just, and then you feel your own rejection. It just comes through it, you know. It's like you just reject yourself even though you're proud of something. Then you think, man, there's probably something wrong here or, yeah. Yeah, and I think we learn to treat ourselves how we were treated when we were young. So, like, for me, yeah, those, those external voices became my inner narrative. So the external voices of, you know, leave me alone, don't feel all these emotions, you're so weak, don't feel emotion, that became my inner narrative. So then I had two inner narratives. I had the, the you know, um, the magic that wanted to come out and transform, but I had the one saying, stop being so stupid, put it all away, just don't feel it, just get on with life and and keep up a front. And, and, I, and then also too, I, I still believe this to this day that, People still look at others when they cry in public or when they break down as weak. I know that that still happens. It's still very much part of our culture. Uh, and and that's that's why I wrote this book. I was like, do you know what? If I'm, if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be the most honest, like completely transparent book. And I want to be the sacrificial lamb here so that I can show people that you can be do the worst things and still come out and be okay. Ah, mm. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm even thinking now when you said that example of like crying in public that you, that you fall on your bicycle when you like, and that you straight, you like look around you, you're like, hey, get my bicycle. And you might. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone see? Yeah. And, you're like, oh, like... <laughs> and it's so dumb even though you're in agony of pain you're like I just want to cry <laughs> and like is... more people are running to you like no no I'm fine and you're like <laughs> <laughs> that is so true oh my god I love that that's it that's I should have just written a book with that. um, (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, so this is already an awesome episode. I love, I love how we talk and how easy it goes. But let's do the last two questions because I know we can just talk and talk and talk. And I would love to if you could answer them in a transformational way. So. If you don't know Claire, again, go to our Instagram or our socials. Um, her and her husband, Reese are pretty big on socials and have a really good audience. And, and knowing you, you are very aware of media, social media influence, and also, of course, around your daughters and how people start looking at our 
other life and reflecting back to their own life, then a lot of people start to feel imbalanced, lost, or what you said, maybe going into depression. What would you say to people to be aware of and how would you encourage people or what to do? So could I add a disclaimer to that? Just yeah, to start with? Go. Yeah. So in my in my life, uh, I have struggled with aesthetics and pedestaling the way I look and using that to get what I want. I have struggled with that. And I want to be really honest about that because there's um, you know, a lot of a lot of people just sort of, I don't know, they feel it and and I just want to be honest about that. So with my social media. Um, I have fallen into that trap every now and then where I care about how I look over what I'm saying. But just recently, um, I've really tried to hone in on making sure that the message is stronger than anything aesthetic and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's I wanted to add that because I am really aware of how social media can make people feel. And, um, and sometimes I'll put up, like the other week I put up a post about my life here in Agnes and then I jumped on the next day and I wrote it and I did a video about okay so it's nice here but it was really hard to get here and I just wanted to be honest about that so people don't think it just lands in your lap um and then everyone you know it's just it's such a glorified false way of living and I don't want to encourage that anymore um so yeah that was the disclaimer the advice that I would give um to anybody looking at social media accounts and feeling as if they, um, you know, they get into that comparative state state, or, you know, look for other things that other people have that they don't have, is everything, every time I do that or my attention goes external, I have this new voice in my mind that says, Claire, get back in your body. Get back in your body. What are you feeling? What is this person teaching you? What's coming up? from this experience. So are you feeling jealous? Where's that jealousy coming from? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling inadequate? Where is that feeling coming from? And every single time you can go back to a point in your life and process that. And then you can see that new, that account with fresh eyes that, you know, it's not that inner child going, Oh, I want that life. Oh, I need that. Or I want that. It's, it's like, hey, this person or account has showed up for a reason in your life and it's going to take you to a dark place. That's okay. Go there. Just yeah. go there. See where it takes you. Yeah, I love that answer. And especially when you said reflect it back on yourself. Um, mm. Yeah, ask yourself the right questions. Because, And also I talked about um, this with Kaylee Sims the other week too about she talks a lot about body image and stuff and social media yeah. and, she wants to yeah. put it out there more that, um, you know, just immersing in your body, loving your body, stuff like that. And we talked about that too, that if you do have any accounts that you're following and you do get a lot of negative feelings, jealousy, get rid of the account. Mm. Only, only follow what you want to follow and that motivates you or inspires you. If you follow other women because they look amazing, then, yeah, go back to yourself. Is that something that I want? Is that something that I could? That's also a big thing because all of our bodies are different. You need to look at if that actually suits your life, suits your body, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
But if they live, I always feel if they live a life that you would really want to create for yourself, then yes, see it as their, see it as, yes, a teacher for yourself. Like I always say, you know, um, and I think somebody else, a a big speaker out there said that, um, live the life that you see or um, now follow the people that live the life that you want to live and take you know, the nuggets away, take the things away and put them in your own life and then create your own life. Because not any life is, and definitely not on socials. And I think a big thing, what you said there too, um, if you see somebody's feed, it's always perfect. You know, it looks perfect. But then if it doesn't, if it's too perfect, then go to their stories because their stories are way more real. And then you actually see the person behind it. Like, you you know, you, you put it out there too. You put out more videos about yourself, being honest, um, talking about things. I think that's amazing. And I think, you know, Reese does the same. He's very honest on his stories. For a lot of people, it will be maybe too honest. But I like it. You know, you guys have both your opinions about things and deal with it. And mm-hmm. don't, you know, um so, yeah, so thank you for that answer. I went a bit off path there. But, <laughs> um, Claire, now going to that too, you inspire a lot of women out there. What would you want to say, as this is the last question, and I know, again, that you're very big on this, what would you want to say to the future mothers, the parents, and the world out there to put out there to our sons and daughters? Um. Well, I guess I just keep going back to that same thing. Like, let's just normalize emotional processing. And, you know, this is, yeah, kind of come full circle, this podcast, because it it ends where it begin where it began. So mm. for me, it was like, you know, if if anything I could give to my daughters, um, to the generations coming, you know, behind us, it would be that everything, every emotion, everything that's in your reality at that very moment is exactly what's meant to be. Um, Shame or no shame, guilt or no guilt, like everything that comes up, it's meant to be there, even if it's uncomfortable, even if we don't want it to be there. And just to not be afraid of it. I think that's, that's a thing, like to build a sense of resilience around emotional processing. That's what I would like to. mm. That's beautiful. Just to add a little question with that, because we talked about sexuality and stuff. How would you, or what would you say to, for the generation coming, of course, to express your feelings, but also to the parents? So as a parent myself, um, I have this, this theory about transparency. So there's the word parenting transparent. And if we are not transparent with our children, they will learn their own way. And they always feel us. So if some, if a child brings home a big feeling um, or the want to be, you know, a teenage daughter or something comes home and, and she expresses her want to be sexual, something like that, my biggest, my biggest thing here would be as a parent, look at what comes up for you and don't project that onto your child. So my children are my biggest teachers is they are constantly triggering me constantly and I'm constantly evolving from that so I know we're soulmates I know they're born to show me who I am not the other way around and I do believe that you know if I could give any advice to any parent be transparent with yourself 
heal your inner child, heal your inner childhood wounds, and then you can allow more space for your children to be as expressive as they need to be because you won't be as triggered. Once you process all of that dark stuff in yourself and you're, you know, like a lot of us have that suppression wound, once we heal that, we can allow our children to be as expressive as they like to be without being triggered. Mm. What was Mm. it? Transparent parenting? That you did you say that just now? Yeah. Oh, I just I I just I used to love the word transparent, and then I became a parent, and I was like, hey, the word parents in transparent. Yeah. Because I read so many parenting books, man, and honestly, I just I couldn't get my head around this whole parenting styles, and it's like, God, it's such rubbish. All you have to do is be honest with your kids; they feel everything. My children feel everything. I know they do. You know, if you have a fight, don't go behind closed doors, you know, unless it's violent, of course, or whatever. But don't shut your kids out. Say, mum and dad, we've had an argument. Um, You know, we're we're both feeling a lot of tension right now. This is nothing to do with you. And then the kids go, okay, cool. Thanks, mum. See ya. You know, but, but when you suppress things and hide things and you're not transparent, kids think everything's their fault. They take it with them, you know, and then they store it as a trauma. So my biggest thing is transparency, constantly being transparent. Yeah. Not just with your children, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So the two big words of Claire, transparent (laughs) and transformation. (laughs) Transformational transparenting. (laughs) Transformational transparenting. (laughs) Another podcast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Claire, for all of your shared knowledge and just the laughs and your time and energy for doing this show today. And, you know, I really love that you're a fighter for this and, you know, that every day you put your work out there and you put your book out there and please go and go to your website, to Claire's website, rawtransformation.com.au. And you order your book from there. Yeah, you can. And you can yeah. you can subscribe to newsletters, things like that. So yeah, my, my thing is I want to have constant communication with people. I want to connect. Yeah. Cool. All right. So reach out to Claire. She'll be definitely ready for any one of you. And I would love to see you soon in April that we're probably going to do our new show. And it's going to be all about the books, a book and the good things in there. So thank you so much again, Claire, for being on the show. And thank you so much to the listeners. Much love to you all and see you in the next episode of Motivation. All right, all right, all right, awesome motivators. That was already the ending of this episode. But before we go, I would love to ask you if you like this episode and if so, the podcast, then share this with your friends or on your Insta stories and tag me in it at Monica underscore coach for women as this will totally help the podcast grow and with that we're working on motivating women all around the world together and I would of course love to hear your thoughts and see where the motivation is going to and if you're ever thinking of achieving your biggest goal and working with me as your coach or cheerleader in your life, health or business, then please reach out on my Insta, Facebook or go to my website, heramazonianhealth.com, where all the information and packages are and 
you know, you can get a taste of the rest of my life and business a bit. All right, guys, hope to see your amazing soul soon again on Motivation.